all do it. We scroll through our feeds, seeing people who have been in and out of our lives. We see their causes, beliefs, and sometimes even a moral compass, show-offs. I don't know about you, but I'm interested in the story behind the pictures. I think it's time to have a conversation. This woman is someone who I couldn't be more excited to have alongside me as I start this journey. She's been in my life for close to 20 years. She's a survivor, inspiring, and comedic writer whose voice brings me such joy, even if it's her tales of Tinder dates gone horribly wrong. She rocks a pixie cut like it's no one's business, and her shoe game has been so strong since, like, the eighth grade. She's my Virgo sister in the stars and my friend for life, the Northern Italian, Jess. All right, we are doing this. Who would have thought that nearly 20 years ago when we were downloading songs on LimeWire that we would be here, right? I know. Napster (laughs) and LimeWire. Yes. Oh, my gosh. We had to have been like on a list somewhere, I swear. I really wanted to have you on because you have such a unique story, um, especially when it comes to your health. So growing up, you suffered with stomach issues, and I didn't really understand it then. All I knew is that someone I loved was uncomfortable and in pain and then skip ahead about 15 years and I'm scrolling through my social media and I'm shocked when I see you because a lot's changed. Yeah. Yeah. If you're comfortable, do you want to kind of walk us through your history of your health? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I've suffered from stomach issues, like you said, since I was a little girl, um, Mm -hmm. I've always had, like, I would eat, like, meat, like, steak, and I would instantly, like, have to run to the bathroom. Like, it would just run right through me. And it just started to progressively get worse as I got older. I'd be a junior in college, and they finally tested my gallbladder. And they were like, oh, um, your gallbladder is functioning of that as a, like, 90-year-old. Wow. And I was like, okay, I don't know what the fuck that means. Yeah, right? How do I process that? Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. And, well, first backing that up, like, I had to go undergo, like, several tests. I did, like, a colonoscopy, and then they were, like, everything's coming back fine. Like, you're fine. Like, everything's coming back normal. And then they wanted to do... The dreaded, like, going to the doctor, thinking (laughs) you're going to get an answer, and then nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so this is back when when I was on my parents' insurance. So they're like, well, we want to run this test where you need to, like, drink this fluid, and then we're going to run you through the CT scan. And I don't know if you've ever had to like drink this fluid type crap um Mm -mm. and then it takes like 10 minutes is that different than what they do with the like the iodine is it different than that like with contrast okay it's sort of the same but it was this different machine and I don't remember what this machine is called but it was this really expensive test and my mom at the time was like I don't even know if we should do this test because it was super expensive test to run. Right. It it was like $3,000, I think at the time. Wow. With insurance, right? Like that's crazy. Yeah. And so my mom was like, I don't even want to, I don't even know if it's worth it to run the test because every time we do one of these tests, it comes back normal. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I can just, just try like diet and exercise and, you know, we'll just continue on doing whatever. 
that's fine. Yeah, that's my so common. Like, yeah, um, and then my mom slept on it, and then she was like, no, let's just go ahead and do the test. Let's do it. Okay. And so then that's when we did the test, and that's when they were like, no, we need you to come in for surgery. We need to take out your gallbladder because that's causing all these issues. And so then my mom was like, oh, now I feel like an asshole because I was like, no, let's not even do this test. But then, oh my gosh. So yeah, so. That happens, I feel like, more times than not when it comes to surgery. You're either like planning for it and then you're told, no, sorry, you don't need it, or it hits you out of nowhere. And then the next thing you know, you're getting rushed into surgery. Yeah, exactly. It's like one of the so, two things. Yeah. So we met with a surgeon. The only thing I can remember about this guy, well, two things I can remember about this surgeon. One is he told me that I would have the surgery and the next day I could eat cheeseburgers and like run a marathon. Okay. Of course. And the other thing was his nasty ass New Balance tennis shoes. <laughs> <laughs> See guys, I've known you. Shoes is a big thing y'all. <laughs> That's and hilarious. I just like I couldn't I just could like I couldn't deal with it like so that's what anyways. stuck with you yeah for whatever reason got it yeah so I had the surgery and mm-hmm. and things just didn't get better like I still had these horrible like stomach pains I still had like diarrhea like after everything I ate like nothing got better like that's miserable so like you can't even enjoy food at that point yeah like it just and I still have these issues today. Like you I do. Mean, so, so they've yet to like, they took out your gallbladder. They said that you were just going to be able to, you know, move on, live your life. Everything was going to be okay. And yeah, here we are, gosh, 20 years later, and you're still yeah. haven't gotten any sort of resolve on that. Have you gone back right. to like doctors? Obviously. Yeah. So I still like, I've been diagnosed with celiac. I've been, I've had like, tube shoved down my throat to like look at my insides you know sh- yeah. shoved up my ass to like make sure everything's good up there super like, comfortable stuff yeah <laughs> yeah and it's just like oh it's so stressful and it's just you know I think digestive issues are the worst because it's just kind of like if you're stressed out from just like your day-to-day life it could go directly into your gut. And oh yeah yeah your flora and your gut is going to control pretty much everything <laughs> yeah and it's I mean and then if that's all out of whack then I'm going to get headaches because naturally I mean if you're having diarrhea all the time it's well you're there's you. there's legit nothing left yeah it's, it's just like this ongoing issue that I just have to like diet exercise try not to be stressed out and sort of these I don't know like that. So you're dealing with that, you're getting the headaches, and then the headaches start getting like rampant, right? Like just migraines and like debilitating stuff, right? Yeah. So then headaches have always sort of been part of my life. Like I've had migraines for, I don't know, ever since high school, I would say that they okay. started. But they sort of started increasing the older that I've gotten. And I think that was just sort of like a natural thing to happen because as you get older, stress gets worse. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I just thought that stress equals more headaches. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's hard because that's all you know, you know, if if you're not feeling good, if you're stressed out, if you're in like 
a job that you hate, a relationship that you hate, finances aren't right. I mean, you name it. Yeah. That's going to be stress and you, that's going to cause a migraine. I get right. it. Yeah. And I mean, being a naturally anxious person, like I'm just always anxious about something. So, sure. and my migraines run in my family. So my dad gets them. Okay. Right. So you do have a history in your family of it. Yep. Do they have the stomach so, issues? Yep. Stomach issues run in my family as well. Really? So, and no yeah. one's been able to pinpoint and say like, this happened to me. And then you go have that test. And then it's just all a mystery. All a mystery. Nobody understands why I am the way that I am. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that hurts my heart. That hurts my heart. <laughs> so the headaches, I want to, I want to talk about this. Cause I feel like, I don't know. I deal with it with my daughter. You know, because she's got neurological disorder and even her neurologist said, like, if she didn't have epilepsy, she would have ended up here anyways because of headaches, you know. Yeah. But she she was young enough and with her issues and and differences, she wasn't able to communicate to us that she was even having a headache. And then she got to the point where she was so used to it that that's just how life was. And I feel like that's kind of your story too, of you just kind of learn to like deal with these things and suppress them down and you do your best to not get stressed, which then stresses you out more. (laughs) And then all these things, you know, kind of arise and they never get solved. So I want to talk a little bit about brain surgery. I mean, that, Mm -hmm. how did we jump from headaches to brain surgery? What was that process? (laughs) So that was, Back in late 2015, I just really started to not feel well. I was just like, I'm dizzy all the time. I'm having constant headaches. Like, they just were not, like, the headaches that I was used to. Like, I would get migraines, I don't know, maybe once every couple of months. Yeah. And, like, the migraines that I was getting were, like, I couldn't stand light. Like, I had to be in a dark room. Yeah, it had the aura with it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. These headaches, it was like I would wake up and I, like, had to, like, I had to go lay back down. Like, I couldn't even stand up. And if I just needed to lay down, like, I just wanted to go back to sleep. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Mm. And uh, so they were worse. They were positional headaches. So when I was up, they were bad. And when I was laying down, they would go away. Okay. And um, I mean, I had to go to work, right? So, I mean, when I was at work, I was just in these, I had constant headaches and I was dizzy and I just like, I did not feel good. And so I would go to my doctor and he would be like, okay, well, we're just going to give you all these pills to try. And I was like, okay, well. Let's see if these work. What did so, what did your headache care plan start out as? Like when you went in and you found out you had migraines before they got really bad, did they just say like take an ibuprofen, drink some water, or like what did I mean? What did they say? What do yeah, you remember? So they like gave kind me of- like sumatriptan. So they gave me sumatriptan, like the triptan family, and okay. then as they got progressively worse, that's when they started giving me like we'll give you Xanax. And we'll give you some muscle relaxers and we'll give you some, when the pain's really bad, we'll give you, we're just going to give you some narcotics. How about that? (laughs) Just like candy store of like whatever you want. Yeah. Here's your, here's basically all your goodies. Here's your supply. Knock yourself out. 
literally. So like were the drugs that they prescribed just to get the pain out, to help you like just move on with your life, to be able to work and function? I mean, cause I feel like you start putting all those like Xanax and like the Tripton family, like you're saying, like, I don't think I could go to work. So that's what was starting to happen. Like I wasn't, the, these medications were not helping me because of, which I didn't know at the time, the sure. type of headaches that I were having, the medication was not going to help. So oh. I was just like, oh, I'm just going to take all this shit and hopefully it's going to help. But it, eventually all the medication was doing, it was one, making me feel even worse. Mm-hmm. Two, I was just becoming like more depressed. And three, I was just like, I was just a zombie. Like all I wanted to do was sleep. So I was becoming more depressed and all I wanted to do was sleep. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's all I wanted to do. Yeah. So, I mean, basically like at that point, it was like sleeping was death without the commitment mm. at that point. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Wow. So um, the headaches were getting worse. And so finally I was like, oh, I can't handle this. So then I went to we, what we have in Minnesota is called the urgency room. Okay. And you can go there and they have like all the equipment there that an emergency room has, but it's quicker. You can get seen quicker. Um, so I went there by myself. My mom, she met me there. And, um, so I went there and they did a head CT and then, so I was, I went there by myself and I was like, hey, I was going to say, so you're know. driving to the doctor by yourself with a crippling headache. <laughs> yeah. How was that process? I mean, were you just scared out of your yeah. mind or were you just determined to get there or both or what? Yeah. I mean, at this point I was just like, oh, I don't feel very good. I just like, I was like, I don't feel good. I'm just going to go to the urgency room and they can just tell me like what's going on because I'm just like a feeling like shit. And yeah. so I went there and it was, um, I was like, this is so silly. Like, I can't believe I'm doing this right. Like, cause I felt like an idiot. I was like, I'm getting a stupid CT yeah, scan well, for I a headache. Like, go over- yeah. Well, I think you're like, I think that's so common to like be in such severe pain, but again, you've been living it with it for so long. Like this is not uncommon that you start questioning yourself, you know, you're like, yeah. it's just like a phantom pain. Do I really need this? Oh my God, how much <laughs> is this going to cost? And then before you know it, like your anxiety spiked again. And you know, it's just, it's a sick cycle that we put ourselves yeah. through. Yeah. So, so she does the CT scan. Yeah. What's next? And then, so my mom gets there or whatever, or the, my mom's talking to me and then the doctor comes back in and he grabs the chair and he sits down oh, no. and I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Grab know, your pearls. Like, you're like, what's coming? <laughs> oh shit. I think, okay, great. This should be fun. So he sits down and my mom grabs my hand and I'm like, reviewed your scan with the radiologist and what we found (laughs) is you need to go be seen by a neurologist because what we found um isn't good (laughs) oh my gosh what yeah so and I was and then I just I basically blacked out after after that and I, I really didn't hear what he said he said that you need to go get a um, a, uh, a, a lab um, test, CT, MRI, all that stuff. Yeah. An MRI. Yeah. Thank okay. you. He's like, you need to get an MRI. He was like, you need, you needed to have an MRI like yesterday, but you mm-hmm. need to go get one as soon as possible. And wow. I was like, 
I was like, Ugh. and then I looked over at my mom and she looked at me and then we both just started crying. And he was like, Al, he's like, I'm so sorry, but you know, you just need to go get this looked at. Um, they couldn't tell you anything more than that. So now you've got, yeah. you're in pain. <laughs> now you've got all this crazy, like all this craziness going on in your head of what is it? What yeah. could it be? Cause they couldn't tell you. And then you're just sent right. home. Yeah. And so I was like, great. So I'm dying. I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm dying. So that's cool. You web you know, it, whatever. didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. How long was it till you had the MRI after that? So it was like, I think it was two days. Okay. So I had the MRI two days later. And then that's when I found out that I had hydrocephalus. And then, so during the MRI, even they stopped the MRI mid MRI. And I don't, have you ever had an MRI before? Yeah. I actually just had one <laughs> like a few months ago. Yeah. Uh, so I'm in this tube mm-hmm. of this like hammering noise in, at my head. And then they stop it midway and I'm pulled out and they're like, have you had any recent head trauma? I'm like no I like I have I literally have no idea and they're like okay it's just that your brain ventricles are really enlarged they're really enlarged and they shouldn't be this big for someone your age and I'm like okay I don't know what the fuck you're talking about like what you're saying to me right now get in there figure out what's going on and like (laughs) That's the thing. I feel like sometimes, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if you feel this way, but I know when I'm in hospitals or getting tests done and things like that, sometimes it's just so technical and medical jargon that they forget that they're talking to a human. (laughs) So when they start like throwing things around like that, like ventricles, I'm like, I'm thinking of tentacles and octopus. And I'm like, what is happening? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I can't process this right now. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm just sitting there like, I don't, I haven't been diagnosed with anything. This, I like, I don't even know. You're like, I had a headache. I went to the ER and now I'm here. <laughs> like, that's where we're at. <laughs> oh so she's like, okay. And then they put me back in this tube and then I leave there. And then I'm like, okay, so is that it? Like, I don't, like, then Again, I left. just left. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then they call me and they're like, okay, we want you to go see a neurologist. And I was like, all right. So then I went to see a neurologist and he's like, okay, well, you have hydrocephalus. And I was like, cool. I still have no idea what the fuck that is. Like, I don't even, like, I, I don't know what that is. Yeah. So she tried, she's like, this is what we can do. We can. So hold on. I want time out for a second because I want people to understand what hydrocephalus is. Oh, okay. It's fluid that puts pressure on your brain, correct? Yeah. So okay. the reason why I'm not explaining it yet is because oh. it still was not explained to me at the neurologist oh, appointment. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Keep going. People don't know what it is. Okay. So, so I went to the neurologist and he's, he was just talking to me about um, controlling my headache pain. And he's like, we can do this for you. You can go see a, um, not a massage therapist. A, uh, like a chiropractor? Yes, a chiropractor. That's exactly what okay. he said. He was like, I'm going to refer you to a chiropractor. And okay. I was like, 
why the fuck do I want to go to a chiropractor? I was like, what? I was like, all right. So then I went to, then I was like, okay, thanks. And then he wrote me a prescription for some narcotics. <laughs> so I was like, and you already had like drawers full of them. It sounds like. Yeah. So then I went to see a chiropractor. So mm-hmm. I went there and I was like, I have what's called hydrocephalus. And he's like, okay, I don't know what that is. And I was like, cool. Really? I don't either. And so the neurologist like, never sat down and explained it to you. No, he just wanted to manage my headache pain. And so then I was super frustrated. My parents were super frustrated. I yeah. went actually to see my primary care physician who okay. I've been seeing since I was, I don't know, 10 years old. Like he sure. knows me like the back. He of knows your hand. history. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and so he was like, we're not getting anywhere with this. And he really didn't want to explain anything to me. This is okay. He said, he's actually trying to explain it to me. I'm not going to go in detail yet. Sure. And then he, this was the first time that I heard of the word shunting, mm-hmm. which is brain surgery. And I was like, okay, like nobody's yeah. cutting into my brain. <laughs> so <laughs> no. And then he's like, since the neurologist didn't give you any answers, then you need to go talk to a neurosurgeon. And so that's when I went to see my neurosurgeon who I still see now. And his name's Dr. Gregory. And I, he's one of the top rated neurosurgeons in Minnesota. And so that's when my dad and I actually went to go see Dr. Oh, you know what happened? No, Hmm. I, this is what happened. Now I remember. So I went to, I went to Dr. Gonzalez and Dr. Gonzalez was like, is he your primary care guy? Yep. He's my primary care physician. And he's like, okay, well, we need to get you in to see a neurosurgeon. So then we called around and we tried getting in to see Dr. Gregory, but he was booked. Then okay. my parents actually called the neurology office and mm-hmm. they bitched out the neurology office. <laughs> I love parents who have a mission. Oh my gosh. I, as a kid, I would have been mortified, but as a parent, I'm so like, that makes me so happy. I'm slowly yeah. turning that mom. Not slowly. I am that mom. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. Okay. I love, that. I love your parents. I always will. <laughs> So then that's when I got in to see Dr. Gregory is okay. after they bitched out the neurology office. Cause your mom's in the went... medical field too, right? Like, well, she is, but they're not like connected. Not, yeah. Yeah. All. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So my dad, my dad's actually the one that calls and was just like, yeah, he's a scary this. man. Like you didn't do anything for her. I feel like he talked to us like that in high school. <laughs> yeah, he totally did. Yeah, he still talks. Yeah. <laughs> another story, another time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that, okay. So then that's when we went to see Dr. Gregory. And that's, he sat my dad and I down at the computer and he went over the scans with me. And, and that was the first he, time that this is happening. Yeah. That's the first Three time anybody like, that... sat me down. Yeah. And explain to me, like, this is what, this is what your brain should look like. And this is what your brain looks like. And these how are, how big your ventricles are. This is what is going on in your brain. He's like, this is why you're having headaches is because your brain is literally being pushed into your skull. And he was like, your ventricles are so big because the CSF fluid is just accumulating in your skull it has nowhere to go so it's literally creating all this pressure and that's why you're having such bad headaches and so the thing with hydrocephalus 
is there's no medication to help with it. The only thing that can cure hydrocephalus, there is no cure. There's only treatment. And the only treatment is brain surgery. thing that you can do is the shunt. Wow. So, so one this, question. So from the yeah. time you had, from the time you went to the um, emergency or urgency room yeah. to now, about how much time is that? I think then like a month and a half. Significant time when they're saying yeah. you need to be seen yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you meet with him and he explains everything to you. And then he says, it's the only way that we can fix this is to go in and put in a shunt. Yeah. How do you even process that? I didn't know how to process it. Like I was there with my dad and my dad, he's just like, he's like, Oh, he's like, are you sure that's what you want to do? And I'm like, well, what else am I supposed to do? Like, am I just supposed to like live with these headaches and see if we can control it with, I don't know what, or do we Did they say, so was yours acquired or, cause it wasn't congenital. It wasn't, they didn't, this didn't happen at birth or did it? And we just don't know. I don't know. We don't know. How? Like nobody knows. Nobody knows how I got it. So you leave there and you're like left with the the choice of do I do this or do I suffer? And I'm sure in the back of your head, you had to be like, well, I've tried all these things and it still hasn't given me any relief. So why would I want to do this? Was that a thought that crossed your mind? Well, yeah. But the thing is, like just with my like gallbladder surgery, like Dr. Gregory, I mean, he didn't promise me that it was going to be the the cure-all. He said, we can try the shunt and see if it works. Mm -hmm. Usually it works. But if it doesn't work, we can try other shunts. Wow. So, I mean, and the thing was, like, I was in a relationship at the time, and (laughs) it was like he thought was that the shunt was just going to be like, She's going to get it and then be totally normal. It'll just cure everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. It just kind of like, just because you're diagnosed with something doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be cured right after you have surgery, you know? No, I mean, think of it. It's just like if you were to have like, a traumatic experience. I mean, you don't just get over it because you start taking a pill. It's like, now you have to go back and start doing the work and figuring yeah. out what's going on. It's it, nothing is a one size fits all thing, especially in anything neurological. <laughs> well, yeah. Like I had my brain cut into, you know what I mean? Like, so you opted for the surgery. Opted after, for the surgery. How many, how soon did that happen after you, like once you made the decision after that initial appointment, how long was it until you were having surgery? I think it was probably two weeks. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty quick. Yeah. So what did the surgery consist of? So probably the biggest part for me was that I had to shave my head. Um, and I know that's super like narcissistic, but whatever. No, it's not um, because you're your hair especially as a female um because that's all I can speak to because I'm not a male um, but as a female I mean that's just something that I mean that's just a part of who you are I mean 
especially yeah. someone like you who who is very into fashion and always has been and is very into you take pride in how you look you know what I mean like yeah that that stuff's important to you and and you enjoy that so to be faced with you're gonna have to shave your head uh, how walk me through that so I took some control of it so I got my hair <clears throat> cut um and then I had the the side that they said they were going to be shaving. I actually shaved that side. Mm -hmm. um, Heather. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you remember her. Oh, yeah, I she do. Actually, yeah. um, she cut, still cuts my hair. But I had her cut it and then shave it because I okay. thought all they were going to have to do was, like, shave, like, one side. So I thought I could keep it, like, the way I wanted it. Mm -hmm. No. They, how how going in to like see Heather? So you knew her. It was a familiar experience. How did you navigate that with her? So I just like, it, I find it easy to talk about it with people because mm -hmm. so many people have health issues. Like it's amazing to me how you can relate to somebody who has health problems of their own, whether it's them or their kids or just yeah. somebody who's suffering in some way. So yeah. it's just nice to be able to talk to people who have something going on. So, yeah. um, and it's just nice to like talk to somebody about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Rather than, like, I mean, rather to go through parents. that and already feel alone. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. So she was there and she did the whole hair thing. And then mm -hmm. while in surgery, I mean, they ended up like shaving. They didn't shave my whole head, but they had shaved more of the side that was already shaved. So okay. after. And you didn't know that going into the surgery, you, you, you no. came out and it was different. Wow. Yeah. So after my head had healed a little bit. So I was in the hospital for, I think, four days. So I was in um, neurology intensive care for four days after surgery and then um, I went home and I stayed with my parents for a couple weeks I think I stayed with them mm -hmm. for a couple weeks and that was hard because I missed Izzy and Hulk yeah your animals um, your home like your life essentially was just kind of like uprooted you know, and changed yeah um yeah with the stunt where do they put it so I have a valve on the left side of my head okay. and, and then I have tubing that goes all the way down into my abdomen. So, wow. um, it allows the CSF to flow freely from my brain into my abdomen. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So is the fluid just still acquiring? Like, is it coming back? I, I don't, how, how does that work? So, yeah, I'll always have more fluid accumulating in there, but the point of the shunt is so that it regulates it, it so it doesn't, yeah, so it doesn't accumulate in there anymore. And then on top of the shunt, do you have to take pills for that to help with it, or is it just kind of it works on its own? So I still am on a lot of medication for my headaches because I'm still having terrible headaches. Like, I still have headaches every day. Um mm -hmm. On top of the tryptin that I'm still taking every day, I'm trying to wean myself off of some of them. I'm getting Botox. So I get Botox every 
12 weeks, um, wow. which seems to be helping like the, um, like the tension in my neck and in my head. So okay. I think those are helping. Um, and then like, I'm on two triptans that I take at night and mm-hmm. even my neuro. So I see a neurologist, a neurosurgeon, and then my primary care physician. And, and then and do you find that they communicate or do you find that every time you go to see one of them, you have to rehash everything? No, I find they have like their communication tools. So the um, computer talks to all of them. So their Good. inner system or whatever. So yeah. that makes it yeah. easier. Yeah, um, no, that's nice. And then my primary care physician, who I see the most, he basically knows everything. So I see him the most frequently. Actually, I'm going to see him tomorrow for a medication check just to see how everything's going. And how often are your medication checks? Like every... I'd say like every two months. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. But then I have my medical marijuana card in Arizona. (laughs) And, that's what I want to and, talk about next. Yeah. I want that all came up because, of course, you know, we're going to talk about that if we're talking. <laughs> so, yeah. Because marijuana and cannabis has changed my life. Um, I, I think it, the stigma around it is so ridiculous um, and that it, it's a plant that does a lot of good. So how did you decide that you were going to get your medical marijuana card? I've always heard about medical marijuana, but it was always so difficult to get it here. I've always heard that it was difficult here to get it in Minnesota. So I never even attempted to get it. Okay. And then um, when I went to see my doctor, my primary care physician, he's like, Mm -hmm. you know, why don't you try medical marijuana? Really? He brought it up? Yeah. He was like, I told him we were going to Arizona for a couple months and he's like, well, you know what, why don't you on your way to Arizona? Cause we were driving. He's like, why don't you stop in Colorado, pick up some edibles or a vape and then see how that works. And if it helps you, then maybe just bring a shitload of that home with you. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Basically, and, um, what a, what a great doctor to think outside of like the norm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. Because I was wondering, like, if it was your medical doctor that you had that conversation with, and if you mentioned it or if they did, and that's really cool. So he suggested yeah. edibles. He did. Yep. And then when we were in Colorado, that's when I I didn't realize like how much stuff there was <laughs> that yeah, you could get. Like a crazy so world, it was like right? edibles, topicals, tinctures. I mean, like you could just like load up on anything you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> My kind of candy store. <laughs> yeah. Kidding. So oh. I did. I mean, I yeah. literally like we got one of I mean, everything. I got, like, yeah. I just, I got like CBD, like edibles and tinctures and topicals and vapes and whatever. And then that night um, stopped in um in Colorado at a hotel and I was like okay well, I'm just gonna go ahead and try this here goes nothing <laughs> so what did you try first so the edibles and then the vape and okay. I love the vape pen yeah it's probably it's my favorite 
yeah, they're nice and discreet and it's just easy. You know what you're doing. Like I'm a microdoser. So, I mean, I get that. Like that's ideal way to do that. To just, yeah. you feel it and then you can move on and then you can, yeah. you know, remedicate every couple hours if you need it. Yeah. And then, so that's what I use every night when I go to bed. Okay. Um, and, and today, like when I got home, I took an edible. Okay. And, oh, and then I recently started using, um, oh, they're little, like, you know, they look like crystal light packs, but I just oh, yeah. like, dump it in my coffee in the morning. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I really like that. And is it, is it THC um, or just CBD? It's just CBD. With it has nice. a little bit of THC in it, but like a low yeah. count, like less than one yeah. percent or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, wow. um, but because I liked it so much, then when we got to Arizona, um, I got my medical marijuana card there. Um, so, what is that we, experience like? How do you even acquire a medical marijuana card? So I researched where I could go to see the doctor who prescribed them. So I went. Okay. Um, and I saw a doctor who specialized in medical marijuana and he, um, went through my medical history and what I was suffering from. And Mm -hmm. he was like, okay, yeah, you meet the criteria based on your hydrocephalus diagnosis and, um, my anxiety and depression and sleep, your stomach, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he like did a little exam and then he filled out a piece of paper and then I had to pay, I think it was like $200, um, there. And then they sent in all my paperwork to, so um, they file it. Yeah. They filed it for me there. Um, Arizona (laughs) department of health. And then it took like two weeks for the card to come. So you had to wait to be, to you had to wait the two weeks, right, to use yeah. it medicinally. Yep. But you can you could buy you know recreationally in states where it was legal, right? Which you Just ended up on. Okay, <laughs> yeah, 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 right. So I had my stuff from Colorado. So did that, that doctor who the medical marijuana doctor did he tell you like what strains and things to look for? Yep. Or no? So he, he did. He did. Okay. Yeah. So he gave me like all kinds of literature on like the best strains for headaches, the best strains for like stomach aches. And like, if you're suffering from like nausea or dizziness or like if your headaches or if you're having attention headaches, do this strain. If you're having a migraine, do this strain. Like he gave me all sorts of like material. And then he gave me like this app to download and I could go on and like, look at different things I don't remember the name of the app at all okay just um, to like compare strains and your um like how you were feeling and stuff or yeah and I don't okay. remember that I could probably go get the paperwork out of my oh room. no you're fine um, I, I mean you can use leafly for that nowadays like everything's just getting in weed maps yeah. even I think has some of those oh those yeah that's features what, yeah weed maps I think it was yeah one. yeah but yeah, I mean, they had all sorts of stuff there that you could take, like brochures, and like he was super nice, and he was, yeah, he he was like, I love it when people come here because opioids are such a huge deal, and we're 
I totally recommend marijuana over opioids because getting people off opioids, um, I recommend marijuana use, medical marijuana over um, getting people weaned off of their opioid addiction. So is supplementing with the cannabis, like helping you be able to, I know you said earlier that you were trying to get off of them. Is that, is that helping the process you think, or is it hard to tell? Um, Yeah. So I don't take them really anymore. I'll sometimes take one if I have a really, really bad headache and the Mm -hmm. marijuana just really isn't doing anything to take it away. But um, usually I can um, take away the pain with the CBD. And it's, yeah, with with the CBD and not the THC even, right? Yeah, I really don't use THC marijuana. Yeah, that's awesome. So with your CBD, I mean, it's an everyday type thing, right? You said before bed, do you take it in the morning to help you get going? Do you just dose throughout the day what's what's kind of your routine yeah so I'll take like I said so um those little like crystal light sort of packs yeah in like the morning my, yeah I'll put like one in my coffee and then Girl, I'm gonna take send a... you I have some CBD infused coffee suppliers that I like talk with on my oh. other stuff and it, it's like already infused and it's top notch so I'll have to send you so yeah. <laughs> some information those because there's they're phenomenal like they have tea now and things like that as well but i'm a coffee drinker oh, i love that yeah <laughs> i know this industry um, is so amazing um and and all the things that are coming out and re- real good quality products like so i feel like the overall vast majority of people want a natural way to deal with their shit <laughs> you know yeah yeah like like the, the opioid epidemic is out of control alcohol out oh, of control crazy. yeah you know and people trying to self-treat it's just it's crazy and to have good doctors like your medical doctor that said hey you should try this and then to be seen by a medical marijuana doctor who was able to pro- provide you with like information and literature and guide you through the experience of what strains are going to be helpful I mean mm-hmm. that's beautiful I really really hope that's where where healthcare is going because I mean talk about Talk about the prices of your your medication that's prescribed, your op- your opioid medication um, versus oh, yeah, that's another dispensary thing. and and, and yeah. buying your flower, or your vapes there. What's what's that so, like? So that's the thing that I'm struggling with right now. Is so I went to see um, my primary care physician here in Minnesota, and I was like, okay, I want to get my medical marijuana card here because I can't go have to Arizona. <laughs> yeah. I can't just like fly down there every time I need like to refill. Where, where then, was the doctor in Minnesota open to that once they knew you already yeah, were? So, okay. So yeah, he referred me to a practicing physician in the same network. Okay. Um, so I went to see him and then he was like, okay, yeah, like I'll totally give you your card and then he just like filled out the paperwork online real quick and then um he's like all you need to do is just fill this out online and like I got the email like right away when I was sitting in the physician's office he's like you can check your email now you should get it (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I got it like right there and he's like wow you just need to fill that out and um pay your two hundred dollars and I'm like oh again (laughs) and and with this then like the same time that I hadn't been working in three months I just Mm -hmm. had 
like lost my contract job and I was like, damn it. Life happened. So, yeah, life happened. Yeah. And I was moving and so I was just like, oh, forget it. Like I'll just have to deal with this later. So um, I have yet to get my medical marijuana card here just because of the cost. So, I mean, wow. I can get a refill of my narcotics for $8 instead of going and getting my medical marijuana card, which I would rather do for two, you know, I have to spend $200 just to even get the card and then to go, and then I have to pay for the product, which can still be expensive. I mean, you yeah. have to buy. And I too, I mean, you want to try the different things too. Yeah, which I mean, the product itself is expensive. So, I mean, you could easily spend $200 just in product Mm -hmm. when you're there. So, which I've done multiple times in Arizona when I was down there. (laughs) I mean, it's not hard to do at all just because you want to buy, like, you want to buy the edibles. You don't get very many for, right. I'm looking at one right now. Or you can be like me and think, oh, this didn't work and then eat some more. And then you're like, tripping <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah well seriously like this I'm looking at one right now that I haven't opened yet but this little canister there's probably like 10 in here with yeah. 15 dollars yeah so and it's not gonna last you very long right yeah. so I mean you do I like I, I me living in a prohibition state it's different because I can't go out and get supply I can't you know go do those things so like when I do have it it's like you're really rational it you know, it kind of goes back to the same thing of when you immediately went to the urgency room, you're like, do I really need to be doing this? Do I really need? And like, how shitty is that, that that's how people think of their self-care? Like maybe tomorrow will be worse. So I should hold off, you know? And it's just so sad that that's the way a lot of people think. I don't want to say everyone, but more often than not, I feel like that's, that's the norm. Well, yeah. And then you think about people who don't have like, any access to care you know what I mean like they right. don't have access to like any medication they don't have access to like so it really makes you like I'm fortunate enough to have access to both right but like I can't I mean so but it's still controlled like in a sense you know you have access yeah. but do you <laughs> you know right it, yeah and it it sucks that they regulate it so much and even if you like can't I mean even if I go into the medical marijuana patient care center or whatever the fuck they call it like it's so regulated that you can only buy a certain amount and like I don't know really yeah so so with your marijuana card you can only buy like you couldn't like go in and just go to town (laughs) no you can only buy I think it's like I want to say now I cannot remember no, that's okay. That's wild. Yeah, you I can only Yeah, you can only buy a certain amount per day. I think it's like I wanna say God, I wanna say an ounce, but I feel like that's way too much. Yeah. But it's it's by measurement, it's not by like price. No, it's so by what? measurement. Okay. So what um say would help you I'm just really curious to see because I know that there's like regular marijuana strains and then there's medical marijuana strains because of like the different you know profiles of what all goes into them so I'm just curious to see what what they're treating you with yeah I tend to stick to just the CBD just because I don't like to get like totally high 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I think CBD is incredible for, for that. And you do notice a difference. I mean, again, I, I talk about my daughter, you know, and what she's going through and what I've gone through. Um, and it's been a game changer for us. She's nearly off of all of her medication because of that. Yeah. I've, yeah. That's so awesome. Okay. So what they gave me when I was there, and the, I mean, these strains could have changed. Sure. But of course. So the five best cannabis strains for instant migraine relief. So OG Kush. Yeah. And let's see, ACDC, Harley Quinn. I love their names. I used to think I wanted to like name nail polish. I want to name marijuana strains. <laughs> Is that five? OG Kush, ACDC, Harley Quinn. Oh, Purple Kush. Yeah. And Remedy. Hmm. And then he labeled these for me. So the OG Kush would be nice. Nice. Um, so Indica, heavier Indica. Yeah. Yeah. And then ACDC would be day. Okay. Sativa. And then Harley, Harley Quinn would be day or night. So, so you get your hybrids. Hybrid. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool that they did that for you. And then the purple kush would be night. Mm -hmm. And then the remedy would be a day. That is so cool. It has sort of the percentages of like CBD and THC. Yeah. So if like you wanted one with a little bit more THC, so you could feel a little bit of buzz, then you could pick like the OG kush. Which yeah, has, I was like, say more than nighttime ones. Yeah, which has more of the THC. That's so crazy. Do you and feel then, like that um, gives you like instant relief versus like the like the pills and stuff where you take them and you have to like wait a while, or do your pills give you instant relief? Here's the thing. So like at first the narco so narcotics like the um, oxys that I have been on like they used to give me a nice you know, buzz. Right, because it's like, what is it close to heroin? <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean. Eventually, it's yeah. gonna it's gonna wear off at some point, and it's not like I'm gonna sit here and take you know five oxy's at one time. Um, I take one oxy a day, right? Like I take one here or there. I don't take like five. Yeah. For you know an hour. So I mean, they just. But don't... you can see where people would get out of hand with that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but with the weed, like I can take a hit of my vape pen mm -hmm. and I can feel instant relief. The only thing that I hate is the fucking dry mouth. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Has that, has the, has the uh, cannabis helped with you like being able to eat again or no? Yeah. I mean, I don't have any problems eating. I've never had any problems eating. <laughs> I love to eat. I mean, like eating and then being miserable. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I actually, my my stomach issues have been okay the last few weeks. So I think. That's um, The CBD must be helping, right? Yeah. And I actually, the topical, I rub it on my belly and it actually Oh, helps. yeah. So. That's really cool. Yeah. Wow. What a journey. I, I know. You go to the doctor tomorrow, you know, tell them the good news that you're feeling a little bit better, but what do you think, what, what do you anticipate tomorrow? Do you have any idea or do you just kind of go in it and just say like, whatever happens, happens? Yeah. I basically just go in and I tell him like how I'm feeling and just sort of explain to him like how my moods have been and we just kind of go from there. And then he asks me a bunch of questions. Um, and then we just see if we should adjust any of the medications, but 
I think because right now my headaches have been sort of stable, like the headaches, the headaches that I get probably maybe would be debilitating for somebody who never gets headaches, but because I've been living with it for so long, like the headaches that I've been getting, they haven't been as bad. And so like, I'm really pleased with how I've been feeling lately. So yeah, but then you'll think of like like, big picture and that's just sad because you're still having headaches. Yeah, exactly. It's a good (laughs) headache and there's no such thing, right? (laughs) But you do, you get so like, you get to that point where you're like, it's a headache, but it wasn't that bad. I can manage. And that just, yeah, that's, it's sad, but it's like, it's just my life now, but because I feel okay and I'm not like, I don't, they're not as debilitating as they were. So I'm just like trying to go with it. I just don't want to like, yeah, any, yeah. I just don't want to like mess anything up with my medications right now. So I don't want to like decrease one and then the headaches get worse again. So I just like want to keep everything the way that they are right now in a good Um, flow yeah and so maybe if it's they were still good the next time I go back then maybe we can decrease one of the tryptins um down a little bit and then try to like keep weaning me off of them um Mm -hmm. until eventually I'm not on one so in the meantime when you're not being a slave to medicine (laughs) I mean because essentially that's what you have to be in order to like survive right now yeah so we can figure out a way where you know this just isn't I don't want to say non-existent because it's something that you're going to live with for forever but that the the pain subsides enough where you can feel like you have a good quality of life so what what kind of things do you do besides the medicine to to make you feel good um well let's see I well I go to work yeah so <laughs> but if it brings you joy and you feel like you're like contributing and being successful and finding, you know, <laughs> stuff there. I mean, I get it. I, you know, me, I, I like to work. So to me, that brings me joy, but yeah. um, like, I think, so here's the thing when I, I haven't been at a job where I've had to go into an office, I'd say three and a half years. And so I've been okay. working from home. Yeah. Um, and that really was not good for me because I need to be like, I need to get up and I need to have a routine. And I think people yeah. who suffer from anxiety and depression, they need to have routine. <laughs> yeah. Like you, like I need to see people. I need to like have a place to go. I just need to like be with people. Like I just, I need yeah. to have a routine. And so when I was not doing that when I was not when I was working from home I could just like lay in bed all day and like not care about anything and this is when I was having headaches and I was on all these other medications and it was just not good for me like I was just becoming a shell like I said like I was just wanting to sleep all day like I was dead right like I just like did not care about anything (laughs) yeah no I mean how could you I mean I think that's valid now um I have my own apartment and I'm going to work every day. And that's huge for me. Like I have not done this in a really, really long time. So it's like a really big step for me personally. And um, like, I'm, fi- I'm finally an adult as I'm nearing middle-aged thirties. Oh, stop. But- we are like, I don't think any of us are ever really adults. I think we just are every day we wake up and we're like, well, 
shit, let's try it again. Like, <laughs> knows what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's like, that no one knows. Just no one knows what they're doing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know how close I am with my family. Um, yeah. And I think that if I didn't have them or, I mean, Cal, I don't think anybody really grasped the full extent of how depressed I really was at the time when I was going through everything that I was going through and I'm going to start to cry, but no, I mean, that's why I literally named this podcast, have the conversation because <laughs> like I said, I was, I was scrolling through social media and we've been friends for, like I said, for a very long time. We are in and out of each other's lives. We always talk to each other on our birthdays. We always want the best for each other, but like, we see these things and it's really easy to post a picture and say that everything's okay. Yeah. But inside in the person that you love and you care about and you want to know how they're doing, I mean, they're suffering. And I think it's really, really powerful that you felt comfortable enough to come on and, and have this conversation with me because it's real life, Jess. And I don't want anybody to have to go through that stuff alone. And I think you just, sharing and informing people like I mean that's beautiful it's really really beautiful thank you no I appreciate it um my mom and my dad um but my mom especially I think that I I mean I don't know what I would do without her I mean seriously like I can't even talk about it I'm gonna cry so I'm not even gonna talk about it but like parents if you have them like you just like I need them all the time and like I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do without them um I can't even talk about like I can't even talk about it (laughs) I'm so thankful that they were with you at this at when you were going through this and when you needed them the most like I'm so thankful that you had parents that showed up yeah yeah I don't even yeah I seriously just like I I literally don't know what I would have done without them have you been able to tell them that yeah they know they know just because of like different things that I went through like after surgery I had to go and like I got help at the Mayo Clinic um I stayed a couple weeks down there um I mean, brain surgery is brain surgery. Like somebody's cutting into you and I had to shave my head. Like I went through a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you, do you go to therapy? Do they provide that with that surgery? Is that something that your doctor recommended? No, I went, um, I signed up for therapy on my own. Um, Mm self-aware. Yeah. Because I was like, I was literally losing my shit. yeah how could you not like yeah just because it was it was so much because I just like yeah it was just it was a lot to take in and I think that when you're living with someone who just isn't really recognizing the severity of the issue and doesn't they just think that things are gonna get better but you need and when they don't you're of, still left with trying to figure yeah. It out yeah and at the time I just was kept getting sicker because I wasn't really being loved the way that I needed to be loved 
mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. That whole time was just very weird. <laughs> yeah. So, it was like, I don't know, in my life. But you're on yeah. the other side of it, right? Like, how badass and strong are you? Yeah. It was, yeah. You should, don't, does, I mean, doesn't that make you feel good? Like, like I survived this. I'm a fucking warrior. <laughs> Seriously. Like, if I was you, I'd be carrying around a sword just because I could. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But seriously. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I want to do one more oh. thing before we wrap up. Yeah. Because I always wanted to do this. Yeah. You know, inside the actor's studio where they asked you 10 questions at the end? <laughs> I want to go through the famous 10 questions with you if you're up for it. Are you okay, up for it? Okay. Yeah. What is your favorite word? Home. Oh, that's good. What's your least favorite word? <laughs> no. <laughs> I feel like that's always been your least favorite <laughs> word. Full disclosure. <laughs> Okay. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Can it be a place? Yeah, of course. Okay. Italy. Yeah. What turns you off besides bad shoes? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Bad oral hygiene. (laughs) Oh my God. That's always been your thing too. Oh my God. Okay. I feel like that should be everybody's thing, but (laughs) who can just manage with that? I don't get it. What is your favorite curse word? Fuck. What is the sound or a noise that you love? Probably the ocean hitting rocks. Like as it's coming up, like to the, I don't know, to the beach or whatever. You know what I mean? I do. I do. It's a good one. It's a good one. (laughs) That one. What? What? <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate? Probably ambulance sirens. If you could do a profession other than the one that you're in right now, which one would you like to attempt? Uh, probably a dentist. That oral hygiene girl, it gets you every time. <laughs> <laughs> What's a profession you wouldn't want to do? Construction worker. Yeah. That heat. (laughs) Okay. And then to wrap it up, let's hear if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh my God. Probably welcome home. (laughs) Ah, way to bring a full circle. Favorite (laughs) word. This is what I'm going to hear when it's all over. That's beautiful. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Well, Jess, thank you for being so vulnerable and open-minded to to go on this with me. I I can feel it in my bones that your best days are still going to be ahead. And that the more that you continue to inform people and share your experience, um, it's just going to shine right out of you. And the absolute gratification of being your friend is immeasurable. And I really, really, really do love you. (laughs) No, I love you too, Cal. I'm so excited you're doing this. This is going to be awesome. I can't wait to hear your other guests and to have them share their stories. 